Support for WAER Original Podcasts comes from California Closets of Syracuse, located in DeWitt. California Closets can help you get your entire home organized with custom design storage solutions for the home office, kitchen pantry, closets, and more. Online at californiaclosets.com. Jim Morrison sang it in 1969 with The Doors, and Roger Daltrey declared it with The Who in 1972. Rock is dead. That sentiment has been declared by music reporters since as far back as the 1950s, and a staggering number of rock stars have echoed those words. Gene Simmons from Kiss, Joe Perry from Aerosmith, Todd Rundgren, John Mellencamp, and others have all pronounced the death of rock and roll. And yet, with artists like Imagine Dragons, Ghost, and Ozzy continuing to appear on the Billboard charts, perhaps as the prophet Huey Lewis told us back in 1984, while the old boy may be barely breathing, the heart of rock and roll is still beating. And if rock and roll has a heart, it is undoubtedly located in that impressive building of glass and steel in Cleveland, Ohio, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm Kendall Phillips, and here on Pop Life, we begin our special three-part Rocktober special, At the Heart of the Matter, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am thrilled to have as my guest for this episode, Waka Onwusa, a vice president and chief curator at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Waka, welcome to Pop Life. Kendall, thank you so much for having me here at Pop Life. I'm really excited to be on. Great. We are so thrilled. Now, I have to begin by saying, and I expect a lot of listeners are, are feeling the same way, you, ha- you are living my best life. So how did you, I, I want to ask, how did you get my dream job? Here you are, a curator who's had an incredible career working in popular music. Can you talk to us like how you came into this seemingly most amazingly glorious job? Gosh, yes. I mean, it really is a long story, but we will keep it short for, for the sake of <laughs> listeners. Um, but essentially, you know, it's one of those things where music um, has always been a part of my life. I'm sure just like you, Kendall, you know, like grow up listening to music, regardless of whatever genre um, you're listening to. But for me, I mean, my journey really started out like just this explosion of like, oh, wow, um, this collection and preservation of music history started at the Grammy Museum. I, I have to give it up there um, in Los Angeles. And that's really where I was like, wow, okay. Just explore. I knew there were a number of different genres and obviously, you know, music is international. Okay. Mm. It is probably in a whole other ethos and dimension that we were not even aware of but um being at the grammy museum it really you know introduced me to the 90 plus categories that they just exclusively celebrate but i know there's even more than that um that really got me going like wow okay i can actually for for me education was definitely a passion i wanted to be a teacher and um was actually substitute teaching and so to understand that I could do that work in a museum, doing the thing that I love, doing two things that I loved um, at the same time, um, while getting to listening, you know, while getting to listen to live music and all of that, I, I implore any listener, if you're looking for a job or just looking to volunteer and doing something, you know, music museums are truly um, powerful and dynamic places. And so it was truly by an accident. Um, getting that job at the Grammy Museum, and then finally me just being inquisitive and ambitious as I am um, to explore the different 
career paths that were available to me. So getting to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame definitely was a 12-year journey um, career-wise, professionally, but then, you know, just a lifetime goal, something that I didn't even have on the market, like, to even fathom. You know, it's like, how do you even... How do you even come up with like, I want to be a music curator. That was not my goal, you know, as a fifth grader in high school, you know, my thing was definitely in the law. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a teacher. It was all those things that essentially my job and my life evolve around Uh, legal things with music, music um, and pop culture, truly the pop life, um, how it's all preserved, all of those things that I love, music educating, music being inspirational, music being so powerful and dynamic. I feel that um, truly just, it was the universe that guided me there, not to even keep it like in this weird (laughs) space, but it was definitely one of those unique paths, you know, it was unconventional, totally unplanned, but I'm so grateful to be in this space. And I pinch myself every day when I, you know, whether I'm going to the rock hall or talking to you, Kendall, um, doing interviews like this, or just sharing my stories with students um, who are trying to find their path and nervous about it. And I was definitely one who was nervous about it, but I'm happy that it brought me to this place. So that's, that's the long shot. We could really get into, into it, breaking it down, but I mean, Essentially, that I didn't go to school for museum studies, of course, have now brushed up on some things, but that was not, I did not know that I wanted to be a museum pr- practitioner um, and, and work in this space, but it was the music that led me there, so... No, I think it's, in some ways it's a very valuable story for, and I know some of our listeners are college students. Are, we come out of WAER mm-hmm. here at Syracuse University campus, so we have some students mm-hmm. listening. And so many people do yeah. think if they want a career in music or pop culture that it's an A&R or it's a producer or it's publicity, and they don't get that richer sense of all these different places where this mm-hmm. life can take you. And here you have found yourself first at the Grammy Museum, and now at the Rock and Roll Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. It's very, so I am curious, though, about for you, you know, as, as a curator, as a kind of educator, as a person kind of putting things uh, in front of people, how do you feel the Grammy Museum and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how are they different? What are their missions? How are they distinct entities? Yeah, they're, I mean, well, definitely they're different because of the criteria. And so just for those who are, are curious, like in order to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in order to receive an award, okay, there, you have to have 25 years in the game um, of making musical social impact, okay? So your wave needs to be deep. Um, Grammy Museum uh, and what we celebrate, and, and again, that's just the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as, a, as an entity in awards. So I'm going to start it there. The Recording Academy, you know, you can be a brand new artist and have a song that's out for a year, 10 months, you know, submit it. And then, you know, you can be the Billie Eilish of the world. You know, she doesn't have a 25 year career. She would have to have 25 years in the game in order to be considered for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. However, our missions do collide as we are talking about the power of rock and roll, power of of rock and roll meaning and I love Ice Cube's definition of it when he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with NWA by basically saying rock and roll is a spirit and mm-hmm. I think that is really how it needs to be accepted and and seen it's not a sound it's not rock music it's not any of that in my perception 
rock and roll music um, is definitely, it's an energy, it's a vibe, it's um, it's that electricity, it's the reason why we love Elvis, it's the reason why we freaking love Whitney Houston, it's the reason why we love these artists, Jay-Z, um, you know, and so there's this question of like why these folks get in, but there is, it's, it's definitely an attitude of, um, of how the music is portrayed and how it's received um, by audiences. The Grammys um, and the Grammy Museum, again, our, the mission there was, you know, experiencing the power of music. Rock and roll is experiencing the power of rock and roll. I mean, they all align there, but I think though, that's a real distinct difference about the, the longevity of your impact and how long you've made it. And I think that separates a lot of, you know, some of, and whether you're a one-hit wonder or not, that one-hit wonder song can be, you know, making an impact forever. And I'm sure we have inductees who are like that, um, whose names you don't hear all the time, um, but have made a significant impact um, in music. But again, it's it's much different space. Obviously, the size <laughs> considerably <laughs> different. Uh, the Grammy Museum is a much smaller museum, but it's a special boutique museum with a dynamic um, theater, the Clive Davis Theater. Mm -hmm which I believe holds 300, um, whereas, and, and I think it's, you know, 25,000 square feet, whereas the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like 96,000 square feet, <laughs> um, it's six floors, top to bottom. It's truly the only music Hall of Fame. You know, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but to me, it's the American Music Hall of Fame because we celebrate all forms of music in that space and I feel like once you get there you know you hear the term don't knock it till you try it well I feel like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is just that when you go in and you hear the name Rock and Roll you might think oh well I'm only going to see this I'm only going to see Metallica or I'm only going to see Judas Priest or I'm only... no it is completely an embodiment of so many music foundations and pillars to music whether it's gospel blues, country music. I mean, it's really the embodiment of all of those things. We are a, me a melting pot and we don't get to rock and roll in this vibe without it. So um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame definitely is a celebration of all musical forms that we get this spirit and feeling of rock and roll fun. So. so I definitely want to drill in more uh, into the question of what is rock, because I think that's really central to our conversation. But I do want to pause just for a second and ask a question about the relationship between your work as a curator for the very impressive, and if folks have not had a chance uh, to visit the hall in Cleveland, it is an amazing uh, building and, and incredible amounts of stuff. But is your curatorial project tied or mission tied to who is inducted or is it the museum sort of a broader celebration of rock beyond just those particular individuals who are actually inducted in the rock and roll hall of fame you know i would say it's both um it definitely is both our mission is but is there to celebrate the physicality of that there are two parts of us you know so there's the rock and roll hall of fame foundation which is headquartered in new york um which is one reason why I, the induction ceremonies happen in New York. You know, so many people ask me and have asked me since getting to the Rock Hall, why is it not just in Cleveland, you know, year round? Well, it's because, you know, there's this respect to the overall foundation of um, the importance of this uh, recognition and amplifying the support of artists. So it started in New York with Ahmet Erdogan and so many others, Jan Winner, um, who we actually have a program coming up with at the Rock Hall soon. Um, 
Yes. Um, but, you know, started in New York um, and then has this rotation. So it'll be in Los Angeles this year. Um, coming up November 5th in LA at Microsoft Theater, kind of like my old playground at LA Live. Um, and then it'll be back back to Cleveland again. And I mean, it's it's really a dynamic experience, but we play a hand, we have a hand um, in that as well. There's, you know, fan votes and so many things that we collect um, at the museum itself um, that help to inform that decision. But essentially, it is the foundation that helps to finalize who gets inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Gotcha. But is, as the curator, do you include uh, exhibitions of artists that are not inducted? Or, I mean, or, do you have a, a wider remit Absolutely. to do other things? Yes. Absolutely. We do. I mean, and this is where that celebration of rock and roll um, comes into play here. Um you know, there are photographers who we celebrate um, who have not obviously been inducted into the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. They're musicians. Um, there's a unique exhibit that we have upstairs now called The Legends of Rock, where you can find artifacts from My Chemical Romance to Brittany Howard to Taylor Swift <laughs> to Cher, who is, um, I don't, I'm like, okay, you know, there there's some artists who I'm like, okay, Rick James, who is not inducted yet, but I feel like you know, as a curator there and our curators who are on staff, my team, uh, we do a great job of amplifying those voices who have made an impact regardless of their inductee status. And that's the point of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum um, is that we celebrate musical excellence through and through. And if you've made, you know, a significant impact and you made a ripple, we are here to tell your story um, to, to the world. We're here to do that. How is Rick James not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That does seem... I have no idea. <laughs> just the fashion alone. I mean, just those boots. It's like, what do you mean? The Rick boots James alone. They should, be separately, <laughs> the boots should be separately. The boots should be separately inducted. Into the, I think you're asking this is a complete side question, but walk. Are there other? Is there other particular artists that you walking around the hall on a regular basis look around and say, "How come so and so is not here?" So we've got Rick James. Uh, we've got Cher. Are there other people that are just burning a hole in your stomach, saying that person really ought to be on that wall? That person really, you know what, for me, as we start to dive now into the international waters and just looking at the diversity and wealth of music, Selena is one who I'm like, okay, I would love for her to be inducted, but it's definitely share. I mean, to me, I, I that one's just like the mind boggling one for me. I, share is a big one. Um, we are now inducting Lionel Richie into yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that is... That's off my list because his impact is just out of sight, um, as well as Duran Duran. And so I feel like, you know, my list is actually getting shorter and shorter <laughs> of, okay, but I mean, there's still some, but those were, Duran Duran was definitely on the top of mm -hmm. my list, as well as Judas Priest, because it just made, I mean, to me, it's like, okay. Uh, Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine is another one. Um, I know he was on the ballad and, and you know, the band there. Like, that's just another one that's like, okay, come on. Like, we got to, like, I don't know what else is more bitching and raging than Tom Morello and, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Like, that, his message is just so freaking amazing. Uh, I, it's, so those are the ones that baffle me um, right now. But, I mean, I, I would say I'm happy that Duran is getting in. 
Um, I'm really excited that Lionel is getting getting mm-hmm. in. But again, it's it's the Rick James. It's share for me. I don't mm-hmm. Shaka Khan. I'm like. Ugh. How is Shaka? Yeah. So, yeah. I actually really I, like I, the I mean, idea. Walk. I love the idea that somewhere in your desk is this notepad of paper with names and that you yeah. go in and go like, strike off Lionel, strike off Duran Duran, strike off Judas Priest. Yeah. Okay, good. The list is, is getting better. But I do want to let getting I, shorter. Yeah. I, I do feel like, you know, one of the issues that always comes up and, and obviously we recognize, um, you know, you're in a curatorial role and so you're able to expand the story. But there is always yeah. the question. There's always a little yeah. bit of controversy every year. We have the inductions, uh, even just the list of, of folks that are up of who gets to count or who ought to count. Uh, as rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And so certainly some people mm-hmm. ask the question about Eminem. Dolly Parton apparently, mm-hmm. as I understand, asked the question herself, like, why am I in there? So for you, as right. a person who is telling a lot of the public-facing story of the hall and of rock and roll, uh, you talked about it being a spirit, but I guess the other way of asking that question is, for you, are there limits? Are there things that are kind of outside of that spiritual definition of rock, or is it really just mm-hmm. all-encompassing? To me, it's all encompassing. It really is. I mean, it's from, when I look at this, it's it's the music, it's the culture, obviously, it's fashion that's a part of it. I mean, we can't dismiss these really important things that really dictate our cultural lexicons and narratives, period. I mean, so going back to Rick James's roots to the way you wear your hair, certain vernacular, you can go all the way back to Cab Calloway and his dictionary of slang okay that's still being used and adapted in sports in film Mm. and in music i mean so to me it really is an all-encompassing factor and you cannot deny the overall impact that these artists have had from dolly parton who and this is again it's like that's the that's the problem that we're always facing especially when you have an artist so one who's so dynamic and revered and respected as Dolly Parton, who is a phenomenal songwriter, okay, and and songstress as well, actress, all of those things. She's a complete triple threat. But I mean, you know, one of the songs that will always go down in history for us, I Will Always Love You. Of course. Okay, two-time, two-time international pop hit, Mm. okay, for Whitney Houston, who was recently inducted in 2020. Um, But again, you look at like the ties and the narratives. So if Whitney Houston is getting in, you know, for her dynamic vocal capabilities and overall just obliterating the sound charts, um, I feel like, yes, there's a place then for a Dolly Parton. I mean, to be respected in that way, it's the same way as we were respecting Sylvia Robinson. There would be no, I mean, commercial hip hop, Sugar Hill Productions, Sugar Hill Publishing without that woman, right? a black woman. We would not know hip hop. Who knows how hip hop would be celebrated or commercialized in the way, you know, how it is now. I mean, because of that woman, she allowed and created a platform. These are people, that's rock and roll. That is rock and roll. It's your actions. It's your music. It's what you can contribute and put out into the world. And I think that's why it's all encompassing. And that's why there, you know, there are different levels to like the Musical Excellence Award. And there are these varying categories of people who have been just so, I mean, I'm like just bitching to the overall impact in changing our lives, how we listen to music, how we dance to music, um, and how it just overall impacts the way we, we reflect and live our lives. It's, I mean, I've said it before, like, but it's, 
it's the cliche. It really music and rock and roll, the spirit, this rebellious spirit. I mean, every time I think of it, I don't know if you saw the film, the uh, the uh, the um, biopic on Elvis or oh, yeah. Elvis, the Lerman, yeah. uh, you know. And so, you know, wasn't it? It was just mind blowing to me, and just such a beautiful reminder about what he was up against. You know, there's definitely the debate of Elvis, you know, being this white male musician, song, you know, singer, obviously who, you know, made a huge impact. And there's, yes, the discussion of him uh, taking on and uh, uh, imitating Black musicians, Little Richards of the world, um, going ahead and taking their aesthetics and so many uh, others, but compiling it all and making it his own. There's a level of respect that should be paid to that. Um, I feel there's a, there's a dynamic means to that. I mean, he was still rejected by <laughs> white mainstream music as well. To me, that is rock and roll. To go against the grain and do something different and change how we receive music is just so powerful to put yourself on a ledge. And again, I amplify Black musicians who do that despite the odds, Nat King Cole. So we even have jazz musicians who are inducted. Billie Holiday, who's inducted. Rock and roll for singing Strange Fruit. You know what I mean? Like that's that's going against the grain. It doesn't mean you're wearing a leather jacket, but her that was her leather jacket. Strange Fruit was her leather fucking jacket. You know, like I have to do this. This is a part of who I am. This is my calling. So I feel like any artist can say that. This is who I am. This is what I represent. This is my message. And this is what I want to send out into the world. So sure, there's a lot of, you know, folks can identify the imitation uh, of from different artists, but without them going out on that ledge. And I loved, I, and again, I use that Elvis example because there's so much controversy and conversation around the influences he had and how he, how he amplified them. But I think without Elvis, um, a lot of that music would not have been heard, um, not in the same way. So to me, wearing a black leather suit <laughs> on a Christmas <laughs> special, that is rock and roll dictated by fashion. Yes. I don't you think I, I don't think I'm going to try that this Christmas, though. I got to say, Walker, I, th- I think I'm going to I'm, I'm going to choose a different fashion. I'm choice, with you, Kendall. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> no, I'm I think, you, you know, your place. Grace Jones is another one. Well, oh my God, she's another one. Sorry. How is Grace <laughs> Jones not? Now, that's another person who lived in Syracuse. Not? How is she not in the oh, God. So I, no, I think it's interesting because I, when I hear these people sort of complaining about, you know, what counts as rock and, and doesn't, I think absolutely mm-hmm. the attitude. But it's also, you know, the influence. I mean, you certainly had, you know, yeah. Public Enemy and Anthrax and then, of course, Run DMC yes. and Aerosmith and, and you yes. know, all uh, Led Zeppelin listening to old blues albums and then Led Ze- exactly. John Bonham being sampled in, you know, virtually every rap and hip hop song imaginable. To put those in a box, it just doesn't make sense. It it's just not the way it works. It doesn't. It's not the way it works. And I think, and that's the broader message. And again, that's especially conveyed in the museum. So again, if you haven't been, and if you really want to be a part of this argument, you really got to come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think that's really your mandate. I mean, it's it's truly the, the pilgrimage. If you're going to say you're that rock and roller and you want to have a, a stake in this argument, come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and then... I feel like that's really the education and the full breakdown about what we're talking about right now. Okay. You can see bits of it online because we've had to make that pivot because of COVID and really amplifying up our virtual exhibits. But 
again, it's, it's so many pieces. I, you know, I grew up in the church and my foundation is, you know, very religious, um, still a spiritual person, but I feel like it's a biblical story. It's like this beget that beget that mm. beget that you don't get to <laughs> rock music even specifically without all of these other facets, all of these other um, things that have blended all of these other sounds that have blended together. So it's really important to understand that if you're going to say, Hey, I'm, I'm a true rock and roller. You have to understand that, you know, you don't get to all of these other sounds without a muddy waters or a John Lee hooker. And, and I mean, so many other, I mean, it's just, the it, it's really deep. You got me sweating. Out here. Yeah. Like, it, no, it's really... <laughs> so if we think of rock in a kind of spiritual way, and that's where we're going, then undoubtedly mm-hmm. uh, your building there in Cleveland is the shrine. So I have to ask yes. you um, just from your personal experience, what has been that object, that relic, that when you were in the room with it, you thought, oh, my goodness, Ugh. I'm in the room with that, that thing, that special object? What was the object that really hit you? Goosebumps. You oh said, my oh, my goodness, I am in the presence of this amazing relic. Kendall, you you perfectly hit it because the Rock Hall in itself is a dynamic being i'm gonna call it a being okay it doesn't it, because it, music is living like the rock and roll hall of fame is such a dynamic building and facility so shout out to i and pay wherever you are in the universe um like that building is so beautiful when i got to the rock hall um and got a chance to go in the vaults we actually have bruce springsteen's notebook wow and it's right <laughs> They had the page open to Born in the USA. And to see Bruce Springsteen's handwritten lyrics, Mm. knowing I come from half-immigrant family. My dad's Nigerian. My mom is from Louisiana. Um, My dad would often sing that song. Um, He got his citizenship in like 96 or 97 officially. And I will never forget the moments of my dad just singing that song in the car singing that song, you know, just in the house. And like, I didn't know who Bruce, but we knew Bon. So it just, it, you know, it just gave me that, like I could, when I saw those lyrics, it tied me to my dad. Mm. And I started crying when I seen that because it just, his journey and understanding what, you know, his path was getting to this country, how we're here and how that song and how Bruce Springsteen resonates with so many people internationally because whether you're born here or not you know this country means so much to Mm. so many people good bad ugly all of it but again to hear that anthem and to see that written on the page I mean it's making me emotional now just to think about how powerful Mm. I mean John Landau's words you know I've seen the future of rock and roll and it it is Bruce Springsteen (laughs) you know and truly to see that manifested I think that was that blew my damn mind off um, and just made that personal connection for me of course seeing I mean and I'm a sucker just for the written lyrics because it really allows you to get into the mind space of the artist and see what their creative process was um to see Purple Haze written by mm. uh, by Jimi Hendrix. You know, this, I'm like, wait, we have that? And then <laughs> to further it, it's like, then there were drawings by Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, wait, I knew he drew, but holy shit, wait, these are, this is a collection of Jimi Hendrix's drawings? I literally just posted this thing on my Instagram the other day of like 
someone, uh, you know, there's all this crazy technology now out like, this is what John Lennon would have looked like if he were, you know, still alive and with us today. This is what Jimi Hendrix would have looked like. And so I posted Jimmy and, and John actually yesterday on my Insta. But it's like, it's just so crazy to see the writing, to see the scratch outs, to see, you know, the re-envisioning of a lyric um, and how a story is told. And so to see that in Born in the USA, wow. um, in my face, from Bruce Springsteen's Born Born to Run. I mean, I, I was just, uh, I, I was done. And that, that was the year of my birth. I'm like, so I'm like, Born in the USA means a lot. Bruce Springsteen means a lot, believe it or not, for this Nigerian-American, African-American girl. It does. And that that's what really, that really moved me, Kendall. I was, absolutely. gosh, like, I'm just so touched. Like, I, um, yeah, I, I, I was blown away. Yeah, it is, as you say, it's the, the power of this kind of music is that it does reach across. And no matter where you're from or your background or your experiences, there are those songs that just reach out and touch you. So I do want to ask um, for you, you know, obviously very passionate about music. Um, can you remember the first music, the artist, the album that you really felt touched you that was kind of your like this album is me? Like I absolutely connect with this. This mm. is my kind of music. What was that for you? That first band or artist that you said, yeah, that's me. That's mine. Oh my gosh. You know what? I would say it's Lauren Hill's miseducation. Oh my gosh, and it's making me emotional. I absolutely love her. Um incredible artist. Incredible artist. Gosh that that album um lauren hill doing what she did when she did it um with mitch education really changed my entire life um as i'm coming into my womanhood as a black woman just as a woman empowering myself from doo-wop to the x factor to i mean everything that she wrote in that album i feel like that was I, I resonated with her and I feel like she, of course, should hopefully be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's another one that's on my list. Um, it, it, but I feel like that would be the one album is, I mean, they're my spiritual aunties. I call them my spiritual <laughs> music aunties. Um, it would be Lauren Hill, Ms. Lauren Hill and um, Erica Badu for sure. Like just the timing of when those came out and hit in my life, it was at, they were asking the certain, they were asking questions um, that I had the same questions too um, about who I was and what my place was in the world. And like taking this spiritual journey, not to be religious, but to take a spiritual journey to connect. Um, Fela Kuti, who was also nominated twice um, to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And another one, who should definitely be inducted because there would be no Afro beats, which is also taking over the hip hop world. There would be none of it Absolutely. without Fela. And, um, you know, to, to again, just embrace their sound and, and to have this feel. I mean, Fela basically, music is spiritual. I don't fuck with music, quoting Fela. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, I, I take that very literal. I mean, it, again, that's where it's like, even without that quote, I don't think Ice Cube probably knew that Fela said that. But again, it really is a spiritual thing. Um, music is such an important part of who we are. Um, I mean, there's no one who's not listening to music. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't all do the same, but we all do listen to music. And I think that's the beautiful unifying factor um, 
of what we do in the space that I'm in and what you do, Kindle, and talking about these moments, um, you know, and, and bringing it, like, get me all emotional and crying here. But it, I would definitely say it's Lauren Hill, Ms. Lauren Hill, and Erica Badu. Who it, that album, though, if, if if it's just the one, it's Ms. Lauren Hill, the miseducation no. of Lauren Hill um, that really changed changed my life forever. So and, and a lot of folks, I, and I think a good a good name to have on your list and such a profound conversation. Yeah. But now, uh, Waka, if you'll join me, we're going to shift from the sublime to the slightly ridiculous. Um, Casey Kasem has his <laughs> countdown, but here at Pop Life, Waka, we have a little game uh, we call the Fast Five. So this is a very quick game. I'm going to ask oh. you five either or questions. And uh, some of them are very okay. unfair. So, uh, and just to dig a little okay. into your personal <laughs> pop culture. So, if you're ready for this uh, moment of irreverence, oh, I got question number one. Now, I know okay. uh, that you are a big proponent of Tina Turner being inducted as yes. a solo artist, which happened in 2021. Thank goodness. Yes, so, I'm wondering God. if you could only listen to one song from her 1984 Breakthrough Private Dancer album, would it be Better Be Good to Me or What's Love Got to Do with It? What's one of those love two. got to do with it, baby? <laughs> What's love got to do? Honestly, that one's a quick one for me. That's my jam. Okay. It's just I a mean, secondhand emotion, like... right? That's <laughs> a secondhand. Okay, that's it. What's love? What's love got to do with it? So, question What's number love, two, Waka, baby? as I understand it, when you were at the Grammy Museum, you were involved in uh, curating the Cheech and Chong retrospective back in 2018. <laughs> so which is your preferred Cheech and Chong movie, their 1978 debut film Up in Smoke or 1981's Nice Dreams where our heroes take over an ice cream truck to sell their herbal wares? What's your choice of the movie? Damn. Now that's hard. Ugh. But I'm going to go with Up in Smoke just because it was anniversary that was so sentimental i mean we'll go with up and smoke we'll go up I, you <laughs> I can't go wrong we'll go with up and smoke. i think with the cheech and chong <laughs> other than the corsican brothers you can't go so question number three for you now this is the one uh walker you're probably going to be unhappy with me if you could push that secret induct automatically button and immediately put mm -hmm. one of these artists into the rock and roll hall of fame would you choose mm -hmm. grace jones or miss mm -hmm. lauren hill it's going to be Grace. I'm seeing her Sunday at the Hollywood Bowl, specifically <laughs> just because it's her. Traveled to Detroit to see that woman. Absolutely, I've cut my hair. She's one of the inspirations for me being bald among a couple other women. I absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and of course, my boyfriend, who also encouraged me to be bald as well. But it was a group of phenomenal women. And Grace Jones is truly a badass. So I am going with Grace. Grace gets in first. An Come absolute on. cultural Come icon. Yes. I totally agree. I so qu question number four for you, Waka. <laughs> Which would you be more excited to have on display in the hall? Would it be Weird Al Yankovic's first accordion or the cowbell <laughs> used in recording Blue Oyster Cult's Don't Fear the Reaper? Which would you rather have on display? Ooh, the cowbell. Because, <laughs> you know, I've got a fever and the only cure is more cowbell. <laughs> Question number five, finally for you, yeah. Waka. I know in your earlier life uh, you had jobs at stores like Forever 21 and, as you mentioned, as a yeah. substitute teacher. So I'm wondering which popular sitcom better captures your earlier life? Was it Superstore from NBC or ABC's Abbott Elementary? Abbott Elementary. Oh, my God. That... <laughs> 
absolutely perfect. So, so Walk, I've got. Yeah. Oh yeah, Walk, I've got to ask you. Um, what are you loving in pop culture these days? What are you listening to? Shows you're binging? What is on your pop culture radar? Oh my God. Well, it's definitely Abbott and I can't wait till the new season comes out. I'm so happy. Like Cheryl received that Emmy recently. Like I'm so rooting for that show. I absolutely love that show. Um, also starting to watch Mike on Hulu. Oh. So I'm not sure if, you know, if, if you've seen this yet, but that is really like, I mean, to talk about someone who's changed the culture, changed pop culture. Mike Tyson is a, Wow. Um, I absolutely love that. Definitely a fan of 50 Cent and all of his all of his doings um, with with the shows that he's been putting out. Um, what is that on Showtime? But mm-hmm. definitely watching all of 50 Cent stuff um, from P-Valley. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> catching up on all of Curb My Enthusiasm, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Larry David is a damn fool. I literally started from the beginning starting to watch it all the way through up until like to get to the current again. And I mean, Larry David is <laughs> Larry David is a fool. Um, but I, I, I love that show. That's one of the shows that I just binge just to get a laugh and get out of the world. Like 23 minutes, 26 minutes of just crazy dumb fun, I think is amazing. Um, but what I'm listening to, I love Dua Lipa, um, love Lizzo, definitely digging into all of my Afro beats right now. I love a uh, Nigerian artist. Um, her name is Ira Starr. I have to shout her out. She is a badass, um, as well as Davido. And so just really getting into my Afro beats right now. Like I, I absolutely enjoy um, listening to it and just seeing its impact overall. So and then, of course, Grace Jones. Still, she's still, she's still pop culture. <laughs> Absolutely. And you are the heart of pop culture. Waka, you have been an amazing guest. We've oh. loved having you. Thanks so much. And oh, I'll just, thank you. You've been great. And I'll just say to our <laughs> listeners, I hope they'll join us as we continue our celebration of rock and roll for October. We've got episodes uh, featuring the relaunched rock magazine, Cream. Uh, we've got an episode with one of L.A.'s hottest new bands, Goon. And, of course, to our listeners, oh. as always, if you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, reach out to us on social media. We are at Poplife, W-A-E-R, on both Twitter and Instagram. Thank you very much, Waka and listeners. We will see you next. Thanks for listening to Pop Life, a production of W-A-E-R, Syracuse Public Media. You can find archived episodes at waer.org. And don't forget to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen for automatic delivery of new episodes.